Hi, I'm Dave from the Comics in Motion podcast, and you're listening to Genuine Chit Chat. Hello there, guys, and welcome to another episode of Genuine Chit Chat. This week, I am very excited to present to you mine and Megan's conversation with Alex and Molly Damon of Star Wars Explained. Now, if you weren't already aware, Styles Explained is quite a big YouTube channel. Uh, as of recording this, it's got about 650,000 subscribers. They've got a thriving Patreon. Uh, they release videos basically every day about something to do with Star Wars. They've got Q&As on Fridays. It's just an absolutely incredible YouTube channel. It's something that has been inspiring me for years. Obviously, you listeners know I've got my own Star Wars podcast called Star Wars Comics and Canon. And their channel is just fantastic. It's all the right things about Star Wars, I find. So if you're a fan of Star Wars and you've never checked out Styles Explained on YouTube, then do yourself a favor and go check it out because it's it's just a lot of fun it, it's really really cool and uh, so in this conversation obviously it's going to be quite star war centric now alex and molly they were absolutely delightful they gave us an hour of their time and just a couple of bullet points of what we talk about is what star wars means to them how their relationship intertwines with star wars somewhat um, they talk about some of the cool paraphernalia and collectibles they have a bit of cosplay the movies the series lots of different things there's no like giant spoilers for any recent star wars content uh, we speak about a couple of things in clone wars and rebels and like vaguely about the rise of skywalker i think so aside from that there's no major spoilers for like bad batch or anything like that so you don't need to worry about those in addition to that all the user information is in the description including a link to styles explains youtube the various social media patreon all that sort of other jazz as well i also just want to clarify here that at around 55 minutes so right near the end of the conversation uh, alex and molly had an issue with their earbuds i think they ran out of power basically and so it took like five ten minutes to align and sort that out so i did cut it and we do reference it and you can tell that it has happened but i want to flag that just so you guys know at that sort of mark towards the end that's actually what happened because i don't know if we explicitly stay it within the podcast because i've like edited it and things and i just want to add in here that there is a video version of this conversation if you head over to my youtube channel which is genuine chit chat there are video versions of certain conversations i've had recently with other guests as well including uh, michael mccormick the puppeteer and a few others as well so if you want to see all four of our lovely faces in this conversation uh, then make sure you go out to the youtube channel a link to it should be in the description as well but as i said if you just search for genuine chit chat it should come up into youtube yeah, that's really it from me, guys, at the start. Don't want to ramble on here too much. And I'll be back at the end of the conversation to give you guys some previews of what's coming up on Genuine Chit Chat, what some of the other stuff I've been involved with, and that sort of stuff. So uh, without further ado, here is Alex and Molly Damon of Star Wars Explained. Welcome to Genuine Chit Chat, where we have honest conversations with interesting people. And I'm your host, Mike Burton. And here we are. Today I'm joined by my self-proclaimed co-host Megan, who pops into random podcasts here and there. And I'm joined by, by very two special guests, Alex and Molly Damon of Star Wars Explained. Guys, thank you so much for taking the time out your day to come and speak with us. Sure, anytime. Thanks for inviting us. Yeah, I'm excited. Awesome. Well, one thing I, I wanted to ask about really is kind of to start with things is... I've heard, Alex, I've heard your sort of Star Wars origin story in a way, um, but I want to be interested in sort of Molly's a little bit more of like when you guys met, I assume Alex was really into Star Wars, but obviously the channel's been going for about, obviously when it was uh, Star Wars Minute as well, it's been going for like seven plus years, hasn't it? So I want to ask sort of, Molly, were you as into Star Wars as Alex when it all sort of uh, started on this, well, this th YouTube thing to change your life? I'm just interested to sort of hear about that. Yeah, uh, I mean, I wasn't, I definitely wasn't as into it as he was. Um, I got into Star Wars, I was kind of a tomboy growing up, so I was friends with a lot of guys in like middle school and high school, and they were all really into Star Wars, so I was kind of just along for the ride, I was in it, into whatever kind of things that they were into, but when we met, it really didn't come up all that often, unless for for whatever reason trivia came up because I knew <laughs> I knew that he knew just like a lot of little bits and pieces of Star Wars trivia and that always kind of fascinated me which is why I'm completely engulfed in the I, the world of Star Wars trivia now uh that's yeah. we we met in 2007 so Revenge of the Sith had come out kind of recently but uh I I wasn't watching the Clone Wars at that point. Like we were both in college, and so uh, I was b busy doing college things. <laughs> and it, I was definitely someone who was like, I don't know about this Clone Wars thing. Uh, if I was going to get into that, which I guess it came out the year after we met, but um, we just weren't watching like a lot of animated stuff. Well, even I, I was and... just 
I wasn't really keeping up with the books at that point. Yeah. Uh, Star Wars wasn't at the forefront of things until uh, probably in 2012 <laughs> when they were like, we're making more. <laughs> yeah, that, that's very similar to myself as well, actually, because with Clone Wars, um, I caught the micro series, but it was on Cartoon Network at such random times. And it was like two minutes, like the Dexter's Lab would finish <laughs> and then like Johnny Bravo would start. And you'd have this weird three minute gap of just like two minutes of mental Star Wars that kind of <laughs> came and went. And you're like, it will be on in another 57 minutes or so. So I, I remember getting bits and pieces of the Now Legends micro series. But when The Clone Wars came out, I watched a bit of it. I must have caught like series one. And I was like, this isn't, this didn't really grab me in the same way. And then kind of like yourself, when The Force Awakens came out, I was like, oh my Lord. Because I'd been playing, um, I think similarly to you, Alex, a lot of my Star Wars love, obviously there's the movies, but a lot of it actually came from the video games. That's where kind of the renaissance and before... Like I still, uh, probably bad to say on this podcast, I haven't read any Legends books. I've read some comics and I've most of my Legends knowledge comes from either your videos <laughs> or from uh, the video games and things. So with the Clone Wars and things, did you did you start watching that because of the channel itself or so how did you get into that in a sense? I'd say, yeah. Uh, and it was because of Rebels, actually. We watched Rebels first, the first season of mm. it. And that was another thing where I'm like, I don't know about this cartoon like i i had that exact thought of like oh this is what disney's doing to star wars it's all it's so kitty and uh it took like four episodes where i was like this is really good i really like this uh and then people were talking about like oh my gosh ahsoka is probably this fulcrum character and i was like i vaguely know who ahsoka is but i i hadn't seen the clone wars so i think we finished season one and we were like we should probably watch the clone wars now <laughs> and yeah. uh, catch up yeah, I remember it was a little rough to start uh, when we when we first started watching Clone Wars because the first two seasons are a little rough, I'd say. Goofy, remember? Mike is getting flashbacks. <laughs> it was it was the movie. It was the Clone Wars movie that Mike made me watch, and I was just like, "What? What is this? This is absolutely horrendous." And since then, he made me watch it. But now, when he recommends it to other people, he tells them to skip it. So I had to watch it, and everyone else gets to ignore that movie that. <laughs> happened because <laughs> yeah, a lot of friends of ours they they ask me because now i'm i'm like the star wars guy of the friend group and things <laughs> and the podcasting realm of the people i'm involved with and it's always like oh, i want to get into clone wars i couldn't really get into it but all this new stuff and they're like you know should i watch the movie should i start with one and i'm like series one although it definitely has some really cool episodes i normally say to people there's like five to seven which are really good and the rest of them are filler-ish i think when i showed you we only watched like we didn't watch all of them no no, because when we watched the bad batch there was the ryloth arc and i didn't show megan the ryloth arc and i was like oh you just didn't know who hero Doula's dad was or anything like that oh no yeah no but um out of interest with rebels and clone wars um do you two prefer one over the other each of you I prefer Rebels as a whole because I like that style of storytelling more. I, I prefer just the linear, like we're following these five characters or not. We're not jumping around all over the place. Um, but I do think that the Clone Wars has more episodes that I'm like, that was really good. I think it might reach higher highs. Uh, but in general, I like the style of Rebels more. Yeah, mm. I'm I'm probably the same. And it also comes back to just that's the show that we watched as it was airing. We didn't really watch Clone Wars until after the fact. So I think because I saw Rebels before most of the Clone Wars show, that was the one that I really clung to. That was our introduction to Star Wars animation. Yeah. Yeah, I think I generally prefer Rebels for probably the same reason that you say, Alex, is that it is one of those things. It's kind of how I compare the prequels to the original trilogy in some ways, which is like, I'm, you know, I'm of similar age to you guys. So I've Star Wars for me is pretty much, I'm a bit younger than you guys. So the Star Wars, I've always remembered having the prequels around. And now when I watch them, although I think original trilogy is sort of arguably sort of better in certain ways, the prequels has a lot more highs and lows. Like I think Revenge of the Sith is my favorite Star Wars film. But if you ask me, what do I think the best Star Wars film is? I'd probably argue either Empire or maybe Return of the Jedi. So it's one of those where it's just kind of, it's got peaks and bounds with it. And I think Clone Wars does quite mirror that in a lot of ways. Mm Oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. (laughs) So you've got the highs of, like, the Siege of Mandalore mixed in with, like, Jar Jar getting a bunch of people killed and stranded on (laughs) Florum. (laughs) Well, then, yeah. I always think about the Mortis arc being just, Mm -hmm. like, some really kind of bizarre out there Star Wars that 
I love, and I wish we got more of that kind of weird Star Wars stuff, but yeah, the Clone Wars is kind of all over the place. Yeah, it was – because when, when me and Megan uh, started dating, it was one of those things where I was like – because I already had Star Wars tattoos <laughs> when we met. So she was like, I'm going to have to get into Star Wars a lot when – you know, as the relationship goes on, aren't you? And it's like, you don't have to, but if you try – and then it was a little bit rough with the Clone Wars and certain elements. And then I think it got it to did, series – It did take me a while to get into the Clone Wars, I must admit. three-ish, I think, because that's when you know the animation bumps up a bit, and that's when I think it gets a lot more consistent. Mm-hmm. And you were just a bit like, oh, I'm starting to like this. And then it got to the bombing arc. And then I remember the moment of when, obviously, a uh, slight spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't heard that, but they should have done, uh, when everything happens with Ahsoka and Barriss Offie and stuff, an episode ended and Megan just yelled. I was, I was fuming. I was so angry. <laughs> so I'm watching the next episode and that's that. And I was like, I've got her. Yeah. I've got you. It's like, yeah, and then there episodes in, in Rebels where they literally just pulled my heart out. Jedi, <laughs> like, the Jedi absolutely. Knight episode. <laughs> <sighs> Get emotional thinking about that now. <laughs> Deeply, deeply upsetting. Um, but kind of reining back a little bit, I want to ask sort of, it's, it's quite an abstract question in a sense, but what is Star Wars to each of you? You know, innocent, well, I won't explain that question, just whatever comes to your head first. What is Star Wars to each of you? I guess it's just like my comfort food. It's something that I try to look at it as just the universe. I love the universe. And there are certain franchises that I I have that with uh, Star Wars, obviously, like Avatar, The Last Airbender. I just like the world, uh, Middle Earth, anything like that. But Star Wars is something where I'm like, I can always count on a story to be a good time. Like, it might be bad. I might not like it, uh, but I'm generally going to walk away going like, ah, it was more Star Wars. Like, even when it's bad, it's pretty fun. Uh, but then it's worth it to stick around and like, I didn't used to read and watch everything but with this channel i started to and i'm like i really think it's worth it because sometimes you read something or you watch rebels where you're like on on the outside you'd think i'm not going to be into this but then it has something like twilight of the apprentice which is one of the best Mm. star wars stories ever i think so uh, i just really enjoy sifting through all of it to find that stuff that's really really great Uh, I think for me, Star Wars is all about found family. And that's been a big, like, part of my life growing up. Uh, Was never really close to my actual family, but friends became my found family. And I that's like, such a reoccurring thing in all of Star Wars. And so many different characters experience that. Uh, That's the, the biggest thing that I think of when I think of like, what Star Wars is to me and what it means. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts on that, Megan? Putting you on the spot. Oh, I hate it when you do this. <laughs> I don't know. I like Star Wars is is different for me because I've had like different interactions with it. And I've said this on on podcasts before, but like when I originally thought of Star Wars, I thought of the pod racing. Like that was my go-to. That's what I remember growing up with. But like Star Wars is is a massive part of like our relationship. So like realistically when i think of star wars i think of you <laughs> so like I, lo- I love star wars like there are things that i don't like about it and there are things that people find controversial like i'm not a huge fan of the empire strikes back and whenever i say that people get mad <laughs> so <laughs> but like it's i don't know it just yeah it, just, it makes me happy of, your description of empire does crack me up oh yeah it's just a, it's just luke running around with yoda on his back isn't he? in the degavos system <laughs> it's just doing handstands <laughs> i i relate to that i remember being a kid and uh when my parents introduced me to the original trilogy i loved a new hope uh i loved return of the jedi and my dad was like empire is my favorite and i was like why it's so boring <laughs> yeah. like growing up now i'm like oh i get it like it it has a lot to say uh, and it's not just a bunch of like running around in explosions, which is what I liked as a kid. But I I relate to that. <laughs> it's got a lot of like th- like themes and just like larger than life. Uh, what am I trying to say? Like it just means a lot more to people. And I, I think as a kid watching it, it's like yeah, okay. There's not Ewoks. There's not as much like humor and action and stuff. I think that's that's why like people our age that were really really young who saw it maybe didn't really understand it until they were older. Yeah. But yeah, I I totally understand that. And to what you said about 
it making you think of your relationship. That's absolutely the case for us too. Sure. <laughs> We're like the Star Wars couple at, <laughs> in everything that we do, which is fun. Yeah, and it's it's one thing I noticed with um because I've been a watcher of Star Wars um explained back to the Star Wars minute days. And I sort of I can't remember when it was, but it was the Q and A's which initially I didn't necessarily watch that much. I was at the point like years ago, I was so into YouTube, I was consuming hundreds and hundreds of uh different channels content. So I just kind of cherry pick things. And then I, I can't remember when it was specifically, but there was a moment where I started watching them and am I right in remembering that you used to do Q&A without Molly? And mm-hmm. then she came into it at one point. Because I think that's sort of... I remember watching one and I was like, yeah, this is pretty cool. It, it's good. It's fine. But I wasn't like needing it. And then as soon as Molly got into it and there was that kind of bouncing back and forth, I watched it religiously. And now me and Megan basically watch it like almost every Friday. We're like two or so videos behind. But one of the funny things that Megan brings up... Or do you want to say it? Because it always makes me it's laugh. Where, it's when you're advertising the Patreon and then Molly, you're like advertising the one pound and then it makes me laugh when alex gets distracted and then can't get his words out because you're advertising you can just get it for like a dollar and you're like one dollar down here one (laughs) (laughs) so was there like a conscious decision to do that the q a's are a lot of fun and yeah i didn't used to do them because i was like no one cares what i have to say about these things and then eventually i was like you know what i don't care if no one cares what i have to say i'm gonna be a part of this and now people do care what i have to say so it's it's fun being able to do that together and it's definitely more entertaining to be able to have a conversation with the q a questions instead of just answering them and moving on to the next one i mean that's one of my favorite comments we've ever received is right around the time we started doing that uh someone said and i think they meant it to be very nice Uh, i thought it was hilarious but they were like uh the q a's were fun like they were educational, but now Molly's on it and they're educational and entertaining. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it is a lot of fun, like when we watch it as well, because we're obviously in, in certain ways, we when we watch your stuff, it in, I don't want to kind of cross the line here, but it sounds almost mirroring the relationship that we have in some ways where I'm the big Star Wars fan. I try and read as much as possible. I've read like relatively all the canon comics. I'm always reading the High Republic books at the moment and talking to Megan about them, whereas Megan gets kind of the footnote version of a lot of these things. And I'm like in it. I've got Star Wars podcasts, all the comics and things. And so it's kind of like whenever we have conversations with people about Star Wars now, like we're now the Star Wars couple, but it is always like Megan gets like the second hand sort of stuff off that. And now at work, Megan's starting to get a little bit more. And it's kind of, it's like a snowball, isn't it? Yeah. Once you put your foot in the door, once people know you like Star Wars, it kind of just... It's, it's the kids at work. The kid, So I'm a teacher. The kids at work just want to constantly talk to me about Star Wars. So I'm just like, <laughs> guys, come on. We need to, we need to get back to the lesson. Like I had a new class the other day. And they saw on my water bottle that I have Chewbacca and Yoda. And um, <laughs> I asked for like what the expectations were because it's the start of the year. And I asked what their expectations of me are. And one student was like, I expect you to tell me a Star Wars fact every six minutes. I was six like, minutes. Every six I was like, I don't think that's going to happen. I'm sorry. <laughs> Specifically six minutes. You have to contact them on Patreon every six minutes, right? Yeah. Alex, you're up. Next one. <laughs> I was going to say, every six minutes, those facts are going to start to get boring after a uh, while. Yeah. <laughs> it's a level of facts, isn't it? Like, I want to ask like, what your sort of favourite sort of trivia fact or just kind of general favorite Star Wars facts like my one is that uh, Kit Fisto and Tobias Beckett both come from Glee and Sel- Anselm I just think that's a really random thing it almost feels like that was a mistake somewhere and they're like uh, we'll just keep it in like canon wise or like they made the planet obviously in the new canon it's quite easy that if they just say these two people from this place oh there's no baggage to it let's just kind of run with it I didn't know if you guys had like a favorite or fun trivia facts you'd like to to, to tell us I mean I really cling to numbers in Star Wars. There's a ton of numbers, you know, every time C-3PO has the odds for something or, you know, 1138 keeps popping up, 327 keeps popping up in in the movies and in the shows too. I, like, as soon as I hear a number in something, I'm like, okay, I've got to like burn that into my memory because I want to be able to answer that in a trivia contest at some point. Um, let's see the, the Cantina song being called Mad About Me. That's the trivia question that won me Dragon Con trivia for the first time. Well, only time for me, uh, two years ago. So I, I really like that one, but 
I think my favorite trivia question was another one that we won a contest on. We were at bar trivia and they did a good job. It was pretty difficult. And I think we were third going into the final question. And the question was, uh, where is the only place you can see like English text written in the original cut of A New Hope? And I just... I, I didn't know it for sure, but I just felt so confident. I was like, bet it all, bet all our points. And uh, I put down power tractor beam uh, from when Obi-Wan is turning it on and off. And uh, that was it. So like oh, wow. I, that that really stuck with me that I was like, I didn't know that, but I, I had a <laughs> solid guess and I'm really proud of that moment. <laughs> I can't remember if anyone else knew that or not. I don't know. I, I know we won it. We yeah. went from third to first because we bet everything. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, you know, at that time I was like, how, why do you know that? And now it's like, okay, I need to know these things too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause you've been getting into the world of sort of the big trivia contest. I think that's made everyone sort of know your name initially, Alex was the Schmodown. And I remember I was incredibly jealous of you because when you went in the Schmodown and you, if I remember correctly, lost to Sam Whitworth. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, anyone to lose, that's, um, you know, Sam Whitworth, don't you? Staff Mall. Well, yeah, with the guy who's my tattoo is yeah. of. So my favorite legend story is uh, Force, uh, Force Unleashed. Can we just appreciate that I actually knew you that? You did know that. That's good. That's good. Now you've got to list all his other voice acting roles. Come on, let's do it. <laughs> but I was just like, it's, I was so jealous in a sense of like, of that. And I was like, Sam Witwer knows Star Wars that well. Like you can, with certain actors and actresses, when they're involved in uh, Star Wars and things, you know, there's some people who love being Star Wars and everything is amazing. And other people who are like, yeah, I'm, I'm cool. I get to be a part of it, but it is generally just a role but it seems like sam Whitwood kind of lives and breathes it and when he did the um the live thing with you guys with katie sackoff and her partner and then he was in that again like that was a, such a great surprise yeah when that all happened as well it's like you guys must get to sort of interact with people in star wars now which must be just incredible it yeah. is really cool to talk to different people who can get to play in the star wars sandbox and figure out like yeah sam Whitwood knows all the lines like you can see him when he's answering trivia questions he's like going through every line in that particular star wars movie he just knows them backwards and forwards and there's some people that we talk to that are either in live action or you know writing star wars books and they're like yeah no it's fun to just like make these wacky characters and get to play in this universe um it's cool to see just how everybody Uh, takes to it differently yeah i mean like sam is someone who uh, we relate to because he likes expressing his fandom the same way that i do like and molly the with the trivia side of things like he he likes that so uh it's always fun to meet someone else uh, a kindred spirit in that way but yeah that's one of the things about star wars is that everyone relates to it in different ways where uh some fans write fan fiction or do fan art and that's stuff that i'm like i I could never do that i can't (laughs) i'm not a storyteller um but yeah i wouldn't say that we get to constantly interact with like people who are in star wars it kind of it it's always exciting when it happens it feels kind of random like the katie sackoff sam whitworth thing uh we got to speak with Jonas swatomo a few times uh paul sun young lee who did carson teva he was so much fun to talk to it just kind of depends. Sometimes we'll throw out a request and just be like, hey, do you want to talk about this? And sometimes they say yes. And sometimes we get no response at all. <laughs> and we're like, okay, well, yeah. we tried. <laughs> that's, that's the thing that I often get as a, because my, my, where there's going to be airing, I'm going to put it on both my feeds. One is just about Star Wars comics, where I just go through them and basically go through the connections and read out trivia stuff and that sort of thing. It's kind of like a guide so people can do that. But the other one is, um, I show genuine chit chat and I have different guests on. So I always reach out to artists and all kinds of other individuals that I want to come on the show. And it's, I don't think I've ever had a no. You get a yes or a nothing. Right. And that's it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and you're like, should I ask again? It's like, yeah, you've got to have to gauge with the guest. Yeah, and you yeah, don't want to like, bug them. So. Bother them. No. <laughs> it's like, I'm just a bloke. I'm just a bloke who loves Star Wars in my little room and things. It's like, <laughs> I don't want to bother this big time person trying to ask them to come on my little show. Um, I want to ask as well with sort of going to conventions and stuff. And obviously in the last year or so, it's been different. Um, but have you... Has it been quite a big shock of knowing 
you're sort of following when you see it in person because obviously you get quite good numbers and things and you have a lot of people on patreon and that sort of thing but when you go to sort of conventions i think that's the place where fans can kind of for lack of a better word let loose <laughs> do you guys find that was quite a, a shock when you started going to conventions and there was crowds of people in essence wanting to see you only at celebration that's the only <laughs> place that that has happened and yeah the 2019 one was a shock for sure because uh what was was 2017 the one before that 2017 is the first time we did a celebration and like actually had a meetup and like a good amount of people showed up there was like 20 or 30 people hanging out and we were like okay this is nice and cool and get to we get to finally put uh faces to names and then 2019 we would walk through like the hall and people would just like stop us and be like, oh, it started explaining. And I was like, what? what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 2019 was the shock. And we had like a meetup and we had the same expectations of like, yeah, and 20 or 30 people will come. And uh, very quickly we were like, oh no, like we got to move a, because we're blocking a walkway. And our friend who was there just basically became our handler who was like, uh, I'll take your pictures and like try to, keep people moving but yeah it it was wild yeah i can imagine so it, it's it's strange being almost because you are obviously involved with star wars but it's it's almost like star wars adjacent in a sense because you're not sort of you know a creator of star wars content you're not necessarily contributing directly to the canon but you are be- certainly becoming a very important sort of or figureheads within the star wars community and one thing i wanted to note which was um you mentioned it on one of the podcasts i listened to you go on was that i appreciate the positivity aspect of it but being you know not just glazing over things and being like oh no everything in star wars is amazing it's like obviously that's not the case but in the sense of you know i, I try and do the same which is not dwelling on all the all the on the negative aspects of things and especially the sequel hate at the moment is just you know, especially some of the stuff people say to the people involved on the internet is just unforgivable. Um, but it's just like with you guys, you've tried to be positive about things while also being critical. And I, when you started the channel, was that sort of an intention of, of yours, Alex, or did that, was that something that just is you and it kind of came through in what you were creating? Uh, yeah, it, it was, but in a different way, because when I was getting started, uh, prequel hate was still big Mm. uh everyone was still dogging on the prequels online and i was like i'm not gonna do that in star the star wars minute days they were very much just like i'm gonna talk about this character and their story for a minute or two and that's it and i was like even if i talk about my least favorite character i'm not gonna make jokes i'm not gonna make fun of them because i always had the understanding that you know someone has that as their favorite character or thing and i don't want them to walk away feeling like well I feel bad for liking that now. Um, So that's where that came from. And then it just kind of escalated from there as everyone got mad about everything all the time. (laughs) (laughs) I I kind of remember when you started doing more opinionated videos on the channel. I I don't remember when it started, but yeah, it it was like very fact-based when it first started. And then you were like, I'm going to talk about this event or this time in star wars and like give my opinions on it and i remember that was like a little bit strange for you to do at first but now it's like a lot of what we do and yeah it's like i don't want to take something and say like oh i didn't like this and here's why it's like i as a consumer of content like i don't want to hear about why people hate stuff you know it's like okay you didn't like it Talk about what you did like. Right. I mean, yeah, there's definitely a time for that. Like, we didn't really like The Rise of Skywalker. And so we said so in our review, and that's that. And then we moved on. And We'll, we'll make jabs about it here and there, but it's, <laughs> like, we don't, we try not to dwell on that uh, stuff. Yeah, I mean, yeah, hopefully it's all in good fun, because I think that that's something else that's great about Star Wars is that, uh, you know, the holiday special comes out in 1978 and it's one of the most <laughs> reviled things of all time. But then they start bringing uh, some of it into the Mandalorian and people lose their minds. They're so excited about it. Like everything is cyclical. And uh, I guess that's what I try to remember is that, you know, I don't I'm not going to love every Star Wars story, but I do think every Star Wars story has value 
mm-hmm. especially to someone, if not me, but that given enough time, they're going to do something from the rise of Skywalker. They'll bring it back that at the time we didn't like, and we'll be like, oh my God, they're bringing that back. Like, that's fun. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, we bring up Exegol all the time, or at least I do. Oh yeah, I love Exegol. And I'm like, I love the idea of Exegol. I want to see it more. I want to see it pop up in the High Republic. So there's definitely bits and pieces of everything, whether or not we liked it as a whole that we like. Yeah, because it's interesting because as I said, we're, I'm sort of the prequel generation. I've always just known, you know, Star Wars has kind of always had that to me. So when people talk about prequel, hey, I always, I heard about it a lot. And I, you know, one of my tattoos is of Mustafar and above it is Vader. And I, I occasionally get shit for that. You know, it's people were like, oh, you like the prequels. It's like, is this still happening? It's like there's right. this people are still riding me for films from the you know, 15 years ago. But with you, Megan, it's like, although you remember those days, you kind of entered the realm of Star Wars a lot more with the sequels coming out, didn't you? Yes, I did. So when, I mean, we first, we got together in 2018. So the Rise of Skywalker hadn't come out at that point because no. we saw that in the cinema together. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I when when the sequels came out, I didn't really watch them. So I actually watched. What, what, what did I watch? This is so upsetting to hear. <laughs> Whenever she tells this, this generally makes me almost want to cry. She saw. I saw the Last Jedi before I saw the Force Awakens, <laughs> because I was meant to see the Force Awakens, but I was ill, so I couldn't go to the cinema to see it. So then I saw the Last Jedi. I never watched it, and then I saw the Last Jedi, and I was so confused <laughs> as to what was going on. That was like a couple of hours off. Like of all the Star Wars films, there's time jumps, and the Last Jedi and the Force Awakens. There's like maybe a couple of hours, <laughs> maybe a push a day or two, and it's just like it kicks off straight from, and there's no explanation, no sort of mention around. It just goes. But fortunately, the the big stuff that happens in the Force Awakens that I'm not going to say in case the people will people will know. Okay, so if someone's listening to this and hasn't seen. All right, so. I didn't know that Han Solo died. That didn't get spoiled for me. So I watched it in, in The Force Awakens, obviously haven't seen The Last Jedi. And I was like, oh my God, this is awful. Like how that didn't get spoiled for me is an absolute miracle. Mm. Oh, but, dang. Yeah, that's a big one. Yeah. <laughs> it's just one of those things where it was just like when I was showing Megan the films and things and when I found out and I, I you know, you can't ask, did you know Han Solo died? Because that's the spoiler. Yeah, it's I, like, think when- I had to teet around the idea to see if she knew. And then as soon as I found out, when we started watching Star Wars again, and I started from, you know, episode one and we went chronologically, mm. I was like, whenever we'd enter a room with my friends, I was like, don't tell her Han Solo died. <laughs> don't, if she mentions Star Wars, do not mention The Force Awakens. We haven't got there yet. It's just, it was one of those things where I was, I'm so happy it hit you. I mean, to be honest, actually, before I met you, I'd only... Out of the prequels, I'd only seen The Phantom Menace, which is why, for me, Star Wars was was pod racing, mm. <laughs> and unfortunately was Jar Jar Binks, <laughs> so <laughs> the greatest character. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so interesting to have kind of been in the Star Wars fandom long enough to, yeah, when we first started the channel, there was still kind of some prequel hate going on, but it's it's cool to see how all this stuff uh, transforms over time because like now people love love the prequels and you know people say oh you know episode two episode three that's my favorite Star Wars movie of all time and it's it's so interesting to see that happen over time and I I can't wait for when the sequel trilogy gets that treatment you know the kids growing up with the the sequel trilogy movies when they get a little bit older you know to hear more of oh. Force Awakens or all the Last Jedi's, my favorite Star Wars uh, of any of it. I think that's going to be really interesting when that happens. Yeah, because it's also like you know I, I'm in a similar boat to you guys where I think Rise of Skywalker for me is the weakest of. I'd probably say all the Disney films in a sense, but Megan really enjoyed it. You, you, your least favorite I think was Last Jedi, and even though yeah. I still. I think Rise of Skywalker is the weakest mainly due to the plot and other sort of elements of it. I still love it. It's such a, it's such a good movie and it's visually stunning and there's so many moments that are incredible. It's just kind of, you know, it is a lot of it I think is expectation. And I think oh, with yeah. Star Wars, I know it, it happens a lot with the fandom and it's like, you know, I love Star Wars, but our Star Wars fandom has some of the worst fans in it. Not that all of them are, you know, it's a vocal minority, but it is just that thing of where they're constantly, they're focusing on the negative 
and they're always like they have these expectations you know luke was a very big thing in the last jedi that a lot of people didn't like which i personally did like but i also didn't have the connections to a lot of the legends content either and with yourselves i, I presume this would be aimed slightly more at alex like aside from the video games and things did you say that you hadn't really aside from uh Ed to the empire have you not really read much of the legend stuff before you started star wars minute Oh, no, I read a lot of Legends books, but more in the elementary, middle school, high school days. It, when I was in college, that's when mm. I kind of decided I don't I don't have time to keep up with all of this. So I think I read through like the New Jedi Order. Uh, mm. And then beyond that is where my memory is more hazy. <laughs> yeah, and mm. I, I didn't really consume any Legends content. Uh, I have not read any legends books, but you know, I like a lot of the ideas from legends, but it's, I, I just wasn't, I wasn't a big reader period. But so like a lot of the legend star Wars books, I didn't really know existed until we started talking about them on the channel. So I, I did play a couple of the video games again, because I was friends with a lot of guys and that's what they wanted to do. So that's what I did. Um, so yeah, I guess the only pre-sequel uh, trilogy stuff I consumed was video games. Yeah, it, it it's one of those things because Megan hasn't um, read any of the Star Wars books or anything like that. So I was interested with, from your guys' perspective, uh, maybe leaning more on Molly, but I want to hear both of your opinions. For someone who hasn't read a Star Wars book before, she's currently rereading the Harry Potter books. <laughs> I am rereading the she's Harry Potter books. It's of the taken Phoenix. me a long time, it's, but I am rereading it. It's because <laughs> Order of the Phoenix is like a million pages long, so by the time you finish that, there'll be the next Fantastic Beasts movie will be out. <laughs> um, oh, God. Mm. <laughs> Sore subject. Um, but so I was thinking of, I was trying to, think of what kind of books I would recommend to someone, um, even listeners as well, who haven't read uh, any Star Wars books. I mean, I, I was kind of leaning on Lost Stars because I think that kind of takes elements from the original trilogy enough while having unique characters and things. But I'd be really interested to know uh, your two opinions. Yeah, I think we do recommend Lost Stars to yeah. a lot of people. And I have read a lot of the new canon books. The We're both pretty excited about the High Republic right now, but that you know, that's very different from any other Star Wars content out there right now. But I don't know, besides Lost Stars, what would you... I, I would say Light of the Jedi. Yeah? Yeah. Um, yeah. Because <laughs> I, I think that it's... You, you don't feel like you need anything else before jumping into that. It, it's Star Wars, but it's set apart. So you can just dive into that. And you don't have to... There's so many other books out there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of them are like Phasma or Tarkin or Thrawn where it's like these are supporting other stories and it's fine but I don't know it's not its own thing and mm. the High Republic feels like its own thing where it gets to tell its own story and I love that so Lost Stars is a great introduction because it's familiar but it's still new characters it, it it's like an easy transition uh and then but the High Republic is just checking all of my boxes for a Star Wars book. Yeah, there's there's just no expectations leading into the High Republic stuff. Like, we could talk about other canon books that have characters from, the, you know, the original movies. But that has, you know, everyone's expectation of what this character should be doing at what time and all this other stuff. But the High Republic, it's all we have right now are the books and comics and so, and and it's like such a cool time period to learn more about the Jedi because it's like they're very into the Force. They're very much more connected to the Force than ever, I think, in that time. And they have such cool technology. <laughs> um, I think for someone wanting to get into books, that would be a great place to start. I mean, that's I just turned around to look at our bookshelf and see what all's back there and remind myself. And so many of them, I'm like, well, you know, do you like Star Wars Rebels? You might want to read Thrawn or Ahsoka. Or if you like pilots, you got the alphabets. Like so many of the stories I feel like have caveats where it's like, what do you like about Star Wars? And then I can recommend something to you. <laughs> or the High Republic, I'm like, oh, you like Star Wars? Try the High Republic. Like that. <laughs> mm -hmm. That feels like it doesn't have any qualifiers to it. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, yeah, because it, it's one of those things. Because because uh, Megan's favorite character, I say, apart from Kit Fisto, <laughs> I do love Kit Fisto. is Ahsoka. <laughs> Obviously, she's such an incredible character. And I was I was tempted by it. It is a good book. It's one of the first books I actually read in the new canon. But I think it's one of those where it's a, it's a really good book. But I think. For me personally, when I read books uh, such as, well, a lot of Claudia Gray's works are excellent. But yeah, I've been getting into the High Republic. Um, I'm trying frantically to keep up with it all. <laughs> I don't know how you guys do it. It's just, it's, uh, I don't also, Alex managed to get sort of all of them. It's like I managed to, I finished the first three High Republic books. I finished The Rising Storm like the other day. I started listening to Tempest Runner like yesterday, I think. And I've already got Race to Crash Point Tower. So I'm going to read that because it's quite, it's quite easy to read because it's quite a small book and it feels like I've accomplished a lot. And then I'll move <laughs> on to uh, Into the Shadows and things. But it's kind of, I was trying to work out what to do for Megan. I, I, and I was tempted by Light of the Jedi. So I do appreciate that notification because I, that recommendation because I think that book has some of the best Star Wars writing ever in it. Mm-hmm. I agree. It's like, it's pretty like fast paced too. There's a lot going on. And I, I love books that, you know, you get through the chapters really quick. That's something I love about Rising Storm, the chapters. There's a lot of chapters and they're really short. Mm. So you feel like you can get through a lot of the book faster that way. I don't know. And But yeah, the the action level in these books is like really high. So it keep it really does a good job at keeping your interest up. Yeah, and speaking of sort of your your bookshelf, um, whenever we see it in the Q and A stuff, a lot of the time we're just looking at all the awesome things in the background that you guys have got. Do you each have like a favorite bit of Star Wars sort of paraphernalia, like whether it's lightsabers from Galaxy's Edge or just a really cool random little thing? I know Alex, you'll probably say something to do with Big Star Lighter. Yeah, is, is there anything in particular that you really love? There can be multiple. I mean, it's the Bigs helmet that Molly got me for mm. my birthday. Hmm. Which that's a custom made, like they don't have a black series of that. Yeah. Uh, so Molly had to get that custom made for me. <laughs> um, mine is probably my Graflex handle that I got. I used to work uh, at a place that bought and resold photography equipment. And so we would constantly be getting like a lot of old camera equipment and a lot of it was junk and like didn't work. And I was going through a box of junk one day and I find the Graflex handle that they made uh, Luke's lightsaber out of. Like it's made out of a, f- a flash handle from like a really old camera and it doesn't have you know the rubber handles on it or anything. It's, it's got a few little extra bells and whistles on it but I knew what it was when I picked it up and I was like I went to my supervisor and I was like can I have this? It doesn't work. And he was like yeah it's garbage whatever. And <laughs> so I just like thought it was so cool that I came across that and it's it's so interesting to know that like back then they were like I don't know what a what would a lightsaber look like probably this you know it's it's just like this weird piece of old tech um that I I love having and I I put some like little rubber pieces on it to look make it look a little bit closer to the the lightsaber but I don't have it like fully kitted out or anything it's just it's just over on my bookshelf in the other room, and I, I really like that. Have you guys done any um, like tours on Patreon or anything of your sort of massive amount of paraphernalia? <laughs> I don't remember seeing any, but if you do, then I'm going to go check them out. But if not, I'm going to lightly push and say, can you do one? Because I would just love to see some of the stuff you guys have got. I think we did one kind of recently. We did one, I think, when you, we, you first got these bookshelves mm. like set up, but... I didn't have anything in my office set up when we did that one. So yeah, we, we definitely need to do like a double. Yeah, it's probably been like two years. Office tour. Because now I've got a lot of my Funko Pops up and they're just, they're taking over my entire office in there. And at some point I'm going to have just shelves from wall to ceiling covered in Funko Pops, which I'm okay with. <laughs> Yeah, Megan's been. We're currently we're living in a flat and we're saving up to buy a house uh, next year and things. And at the moment, we're, there's there's a Star there's a Lego Millennium Falcon there. There's six Funko Pops over there. There's also Lego to be made behind me here. Yeah, right over there, the Lego Harry Potter. So we've just got and it, we, Megan told me I'm not allowed to buy any more Funko Pops. There's not enough space. There's there's so many and there's just not enough space yeah. at the moment. It's a slippery slope. They just slope. seem to multiply. Yeah, it's a slippery slope because I. 
I started getting really into like, ooh, the exclusive ones that you can only find here or there. But then I feel like Funko abuses that power because now there's like seven, eight different exclusive Han Solos or, you know, 12 different exclusive Leias. And I, I'm not as bad as I used to be about needing to get all of them, but I still love a good exclusive <laughs> Funko Pop. <laughs> The problem is that they're that right level of collectible where they're they're very affordable. Mm-hmm. So you're just like like here they're like ten pounds up to maybe like fifteen. So I think over there it's like twelve to eighteen dollars in a sense. So it's like, oh I can just have one of them a month. Oh, there's another one. I'll just get another one. It's not breaking the bank. Whereas if you want like a really nice like black series figure, yeah. that can be like way more like we see at Forbidden Planet in Us there was an Ahsoka lightsaber on the wall when we went in there for free comic book day and Megan was like oh there's an Ahsoka lightsaber and I was like can you see the price tag because the guy was standing away and she was like oh 280 pounds oh that's like a small holiday okay <laughs> um Speaking of sort of collectibles and that sort of thing, I want to ask you guys about cosplay, because I think it's been mentioned once or twice before. And am I right in thinking that, Molly, you've done cosplay uh, a couple times? And yeah. if so, if you want to just tell us about that, because I'm interested. I don't know that many cosplayers and things. Just obviously recently, because of the pandemic, you haven't been able to do it as much. But is that something that as the world opens up again, you're going to be venturing into a bit more? Um, maybe. I don't know. I, I very loosely got into cosplay and I, I don't know how to sew or anything like that. So like some of the stuff that I've done, I've either just bought it or like had someone else make it for me because I, I don't know that I would ever be able to sew together like an actual outfit. So like, I know a lot of cosplayers that make everything from scratch and I'm really impressed by the work that they do, but yeah, I, I think I'm probably most known for my Dark Ray cosplay, which I'm very, very proud of because I did it before it was a thing. And I will never forget the day that the teaser for uh, Rise of Skywalker came out and you got to see like Sith Ray for like a split second. My phone just blew <laughs> up. People were like, what's happening? It's happening. And I was like, I called it. <laughs> I was like, they stole my idea. <laughs> um, but it's it's really fun. And we go to Dragon Con every year. And that's a huge, huge cosplay event. And it's, you know, I like doing silly stuff, too. Uh, and, like, dark versions of light side characters or light side versions of dark characters. I really like that idea. Um, but, yeah, I think it's... It's more fun than anything. I'm not like seriously into making costumes, but I love when we do silly stuff. Like we did, um, I wouldn't call this a cosplay, but Halloween last year we did a Jedi <laughs> Temple Challenge contestant. So like that, that like it was like a show for kids. Um, and we just like bought a bunch of random stuff on Amazon and, and made like a silly little video in those costumes, which was really fun. Yeah, I know. I think the only cosplay I've seen Alex do is um, it was semi recently when it was Big Star Glider when you grew out the mustache <laughs> and you did that little video like the audition thing. That was amazing. I thought that <laughs> absolutely cracked me up. But, so I know it wasn't air quotes full cosplay, but I think you really pulled that off. I think you need to bring it back <laughs> at some point, maybe not for another decade, but you need to at some point grow out the tash and become bigs. <laughs> maybe I'll do it again this year. Yeah, like. Uh, I, I did it for the first time last year when Squadrons was coming out because I was like, oh, that'd be fun to cosplay. Like, I got the helmet. I have I mean, it's just like the costume that you buy online. Uh, so I, I had all the stuff and I was like, I should grow out a mustache and just go all in and play Squadrons as bigs for a while. <laughs> well, you you always said, like, I can't grow facial hair when <laughs> it's still accurate i think so, when you when you finally decided to grow out your mustache i you were like so proud of it and everybody was so like impressed by it so that was really funny. yeah but it took like eight weeks it did take quite <laughs> we'll have to get you a better jumpsuit because mm-hmm. yeah the the jumpsuit part of it is just like really cheap material from it's all like a pre-made yeah. costume so maybe if you get like a nicer jumpsuit to where you could cosplay at like celebration one year yeah that's the dream because I've, I've only been to celebration once because i think it was 2018 when it was over here in the uk 
And I went there and like I've been to a few comic cons and things like that, but Star Wars Celebration, it's just comic con, but everything is Star Wars. And I was walking around and two of my friends came with me and they were like, I've never seen you that happy in my life, Mike. <laughs> and one of my friends went, no, actually, when the crawl came on, when we saw Force Awakens in the cinema, he was smiling the whole time. And I was like, yeah, they're probably two of the, the moments in my life where I just could not stop smiling. So I'm very envious of you guys um, over there because obviously there's... um there's only normally one celebration a year, but it kind of flits between it. There's one in Europe, in Germany a little while ago. And now it's just like, we are planning a trip to America, probably 2023. And I have a bad feeling what's going to happen is that year when we go, it's going to come over here <laughs> to have to adjust our plans. But like with com- with uh, conventions and things, like you mentioned uh, Dragon Con and Star Wars Celebration. And I know that you guys are into the other fandoms, you know, somewhat. I know you've mentioned the MCU and obviously Middle Earth. And I remember Battlestar Galactica gets mentioned uh, quite a lot. So, like, do you guys go to other comic conventions and things as well? And did you before the the channel? I guess Dragon Con is really the only one that we go to. It's it's in Atlanta and it kind of encompasses everything. Like you got Star Wars, Star Trek, Battlestar. Uh, I think there's a Middle Earth track. It, it's just kind of... Anything geeky is welcome there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we've been going to that since 2009. Um, but no, we don't really... We haven't ventured out. We want to go to like New York Comic Con and I was it Emerald City Comic Con. Like those all are ones that I hear about a lot and that I would love to go to someday. Um, but yeah, we mostly just stuck with Dragon Con because it's here, it's local. Um and, and it's something we already loved. <laughs> yeah, it was something that we already loved. Um, but not really any other conventions, especially not really anything specific to another fandom. Mm. It's all like the the Comic-Cons, which have all the different fandom tracks. And if you're – this is a, a question of if, say, Star Wars – I know it wouldn't happen, but if it stopped tomorrow and for some reason you had to keep the channel going for one other – fandom what would it be because i know you've mentioned sort of indiana jones before i know you both quite like Battlestar. um obviously you're getting into the mcu obviously there's the difficulty of what would you have the knowledge of because you know getting into things like marvel the you know 70 years of comics yeah. that all feed into it is quite a big ask but out of just interest if if each of you had to start a channel on one of your favorite fandoms would it be the same thing would it be something different to each other i mean i i would probably just go for buffy <laughs> oh, it's. I mean, it's, start I, yeah, I've I've started watching it. I didn't watch it before, when I was growing up, so I'm I'm currently watching it. It's very good. Three, I think. <laughs> I love Buffy. It's probably. I mean, I love Buffy honestly more than Star Wars. It's my number one fandom, and it's not something that's talked a lot about anymore because, like, the show's been over for quite some time. But I've always joked about doing videos about that show. And so if there was no more Star Wars to talk about, we would obviously still talk about Marvel stuff and like comic book stuff because we You have, said you can only pick one. We have, well, we have our second channel. <laughs> you can each which, pick one. <laughs> uh, we have a show called Explain It To Me, which, which is nice because on that show, we have other people come on and explain like the Marvel movies to us. So we don't actually have to know that much. <laughs> um, but picking just one probably be buffy see i i think that from just the youtuber side of things it makes the most sense to pick the mcu which i'm like i i know enough about the movies i don't know anything about the comics but i've seen all the movies and the shows and i enjoy it and there's so much content that like that that'd be good to keep up with but i'd rather it be middle earth and the the lord of the rings series is coming out on amazon prime next year so uh, I guess I would just cross my fingers that everyone loved that. <laughs> but that that's I, I know the most about Star Wars and then my second most knowledgeable is probably Tolkien. There's been a lot of people who have said as much and been like, You you should make Lord of the Rings explained which would be a lot to take on. <laughs> and we actually we have a friend who knows enough about that universe to I would say more than it like that's the the reason I w- wouldn't really consider doing any middle earth explained is because I know nothing compared to our friend Ashton <laughs> he puts me to shame like yeah. I know that I know the most about Star Wars in our friend group but there's no way I know more about middle earth than he does yeah but that would that would be a fun one because the the history and the lore behind Lord of the Rings is just so rich yeah mm, I, I'm excited by the 
the Lord of the Rings renaissance that's going to happen, hopefully, if the series is good. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously, The Hobbit kind of did one, and obviously, they're quite a few years old now, and they kind of tore fans a bit, you know, uh, for certain reasons. And I, I really like Lord of the Rings and Middle-earth and things. During lockdown, I should make them the extended edition, because of all of them... I'd never seen them before. Extended mm-hmm. edition was a, uh, a jumping at the deep end, but yeah, I enjoyed them. <laughs> I, had to, I had to book off a week off work to just be like, right, these five days, right, we'll have a Lord of the Rings day and then a break. Because <laughs> obviously, I think Return of the King is like... It's over four hours, yeah, isn't it? so long. It's, it's incredible. I mean, when I watched the extended editions, I was like, these are somehow even better. How is this possible? And it's just, there's, it makes me, when I, when I watch the normal ones, I'm like, oh, there's these bit missing and this bit missing. And it's just like, it, it makes me feel with Star Wars, I wish there were extended editions of them. And, and one thing about like deleted scenes that bothers me is recently someone was talking to me i was charles saul actually did i think you might have uh, covered it on a video where charles saul said for the 2020 star wars comics he's not going to delve into luke getting his lightsaber because that's a deleted scene and mm-hmm. he counts that as canon which really upset me because that was probably the thing i was most excited for in the comics i hope he's just throwing it like trying to get us to not think that and then it comes in <laughs> with something but we've like deleted scenes in star wars and um, there's one in last jedi about phasma that's really really cool mm-hmm. and it, it kind of annoys me sometimes when there's no option in the DVD just to watch with deleted scenes. Because you can watch the deleted scenes by themselves, but it's just like, oh, here's the 30 seconds of Finn riding on like a speeder for extra time. And I'm like, where is this even in the film? Where does this fit in? So I wondered, like, with with you, with um, sort of, has that thought come into your mind at all about extended Star Wars or anything like that? Not really. And I think it's different because Peter Jackson, when he's making The Lord of the Rings, they were like, we got to keep these movies under three hours. Please, Peter, do that. <laughs> so <laughs> that he had to cut things. I don't think that J.J. or Ryan, when they were making the sequel trilogy or, or anyone, I don't think they were cutting scenes for time. They were cutting them for editing and flow. So I think that the versions that we saw in the theater is like, this is the version that J.J. and Ryan wanted to put out. Mm-hmm. And... So I don't know that they would want an extended version uh, the same way that Peter is like, I want you to see the all the stuff that we shot and all these other great scenes that we had to cut because the movie was just too long. Um, so that, that's why I think Lord of the Rings is kind of a special case. Yeah. The, the only stuff, like, not really deleted scenes as much, but some of the stuff in Star Wars that I am always curious about is stuff, stuff that we see in trailers that doesn't actually mm. make the theatrical cut of the movie, which I know that happens in other franchises, but like, I always wonder if someday we'll get to learn, you know, what the other ending of Rogue One was going to look like. That, or, yeah, that's what I'm way more interested in. Or what Solo <laughs> would have looked like with, um, who were the directors? Uh, Lord and Miller. What, yeah, what what the Lord mm. and Miller Solo was, was meant to look like. And I don't think that we would get to learn that stuff Anytime soon, but maybe like 20 years That's, So it's like maybe another five or 15 years for the 10th or 20th anniversary of Rogue One. Yeah. They'll be like, all right, here, we'll just show you everything that <laughs> was going to happen and we changed and why. And like, I, I think that's fascinating. And I thought Rogue One was great. So it, it's not in like a, oh, what could have been? Mm-hmm. I just want to see what happened. It's fascinating to see all that stuff. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe a certain point of view of like Rogue One, because that's, that's almost... Sorry, our our earphones just cut out. <laughs> um, <laughs> Hold on one second. Right near the hour mark as well. That's completely fine. What happened? <laughs> did they did they die? Poor <laughs> uh, <laughs> day. There, that that did it. Oh, it worked. Finally got it working. I don't know what. My question happened. was too great. I can't really remember what it was, but it was so good. Zoom was like, no, can't have this on the internet. I appreciate you putting so much effort into getting back to this in the last few minutes of the thing as well. If they'd have held on for a little while longer. Um, okay, well, I'll use the power of editing to make that all uh, smooth as day. Remember, I'll cut out whatever I last said. And I was just going to say with um, with the Star Wars canon and sort of extended films and those sort of things, I suppose at least with Star Wars, you've got it where plot holes get filled in by comics and things. There's often a joke with my friends that if there's ever a plot hole in Star Wars, they'll go, they'll mention the plot and go, Mike, what's the comic that retcons that or like mm-hmm. fixes that in a sense? And obviously Rogue One is basically just the biggest plot hole filler ever. It's one of the coolest movies, but it is just a giant plot hole filler, uh, which I do really like. So, I mean, 
we're pretty much re- right near the end here, uh, to be honest with you guys, after that, those technical things. So, um, I want to ask, I want to say thank you for coming on the show. I do very much appreciate it. Um, I did want to ask, obviously, you've got your second channel as well. There's something, Molly, you wore a t-shirt during a Q&A once, which mentioned something. I think it was either a podcast or a YouTube show, and I it might have said the word gin on it, or I might be completely fabricating that. Am I imagining that, or have you got some other separate thing that you're involved with? Uh, well, I am also on a Schmodown show that talks about the the trivia Schmodown show. Uh, it's called A Certain Point of View. So, uh, obviously, we're all big Star Wars nerds over there, too. But, uh, yeah, that, that's like a show mostly dedicated to the Schmodown. So, we talk about not just the Star Wars matches, but just like regular movie trivia matches, too. I see. Okay. That's awesome. Okay. Well, we will wrap up here then. Uh, um, it's a good time to wrap up. Otherwise, I'll talk your guys' ear off for another um, hour or so. So thank you very much for coming on. Can you just do your sort of, if anyone listening should have already checked out your uh, amazing shows, but if you just want to plug your social media and the show itself, and then we can uh, wrap things up. Yep. We're at Star Wars Explained on YouTube and at Star Wars Explained on Twitter. Those Those are the two big ones. We're also on uh instagram and facebook but we're not on there on there as much but i'm on twitter at molly demon and uh yeah check us out on our second channel malix where we talk about non-star wars stuff or if you're a fan of the schmodown check out a certain point of view absolutely wonderful well as i said thank you so much again guys for coming on the show it has been absolutely delightful to be able to speak to you guys rather than just watching the q a's and wishing to so you've Made a dream come true. <laughs> but thank <laughs> you so much. Yeah. This was fun. Yeah, thank you for having us on. It's awesome. It's been an absolute delight. So um yeah, this is well and the Zoom call. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Thanks. And that's the end of the podcast. Thanks as always for tuning in, guys. Make sure you check out all the details in the description and check out the amazing channel of Styles Explain. There are so many cool videos on there that I really, really recommend it. I just want to flag here that I do have a Styles podcast in case you guys weren't aware. You can either go over to YouTube on Genuine Chit Chat's channel, and I've got all my Genuine Chit Chat videos on there. Some of them have got video as well, including this conversation. And I also put my Star Wars podcast episodes on there as well. They're in playlists. There's one about Vader. There's one about Dr. Afra, There's one just about character bios if you just want random information on certain things. So it's all kind of organized there as well. But if you want to listen to it on a podcast catcher, which is what you're listening to this on, I would presume Spotify or another podcast app, then go over to the feed of Comics in Motion. Uh, It has loads of other cool shows on there almost every day of the week, but my show airs every Saturday on there. So lots of places you can listen to my content, be it anywhere you really desire. And my Styles podcast, although it is about the Styles comics, is specifically made so it doesn't matter if you've never read a Styles comic in your life or if you've read all of them. They can serve as an entrance to comics. They can serve as just telling you the storylines of certain comics you necessarily aren't that fussed about reading. But also I give a lot of information on the connective tissue, a lot of the things you may have missed, you know, when you read a comic and then you see, oh, Commander Veers, where do I recognize that person from? And I go, oh, well, he's that bloke in Empire Strikes Back in the 8080. You know, things like that. And I give little bios on species and planets and other stuff that kind of reoccurs in the canon. So if you want to expand your Star Wars knowledge, you want to find out information about the comics and things that either you've missed or you can't afford to get into the comics or you don't have a huge interest in the comics necessarily, then my podcast is a really, really good way to kind of get into that sort of realm. But aside from that, guys, what have we got coming up? So I've got a conversation due for recording next week with Rhea of Comics in Motion. She has been on Seasons Greetings. She does Pop Gorillas. She's also on the second episode of the book club we did when we spoke about Mouse. So I'm very excited to sit down and speak with her. Uh, the week after that, I've got a chat with a guy who is making a Batman fan film. Uh, the weekend after that, I think I've got a conversation with an author. Um, I've also been in talks with a certain Star Wars artist um, who does some of the comics and things. So I'm very excited to speak with them. I'm just sorting out the times for that. We we're kind of on the final stages. We're just uh, confirming the date. Uh, so I'm very, very excited about that. And there's lots of other cool things as well that is coming up too. Most of the details you can find in the description will give insights into what I've got going on. You know, there's information about my Star Wars podcast, some of the guest spots I've been doing recently. Like I went on the other YouTube channel, which is called Star Wars Timeline. And it's a really, really cool show by my friend Ben. And he does a podcast on there called The Timecast. And I chat about the three trilogies and how I th- sort of think they compare to each other. It was like a near two 
two hour long conversation. It was really, really fun. It's got full video to that. And I've included a link that in the description as well. So um, lots of cool things going on. Obviously, check out my Patreon, patreon.com slash genuine chit chat. Uh, for as little as one pound a month, you get access to a whole extra feed of content with loads and loads of episodes of Afterthoughts, recordings from myself and Megan when we've been on road trips. I've started doing a few comic reviews on there. So I did one on Death in the Family and Lonely Place of Dying, which is the Batman one. I've got one recorded for Three Jokers as well, which I'll be releasing soon too. Uh, there's lots of different bits and pieces that either myself and Megan record or just I record and put on there. There's early access to episodes. When there's two parters released of Genuine Chit Chat, you get access to both parts in one full unsplit conversation. There's loads and loads of cool things on there. So if you want to contribute financially to the show, keep the gears running and things, and you want some additional content, then please consider checking out the Patreon. If you don't want to contribute financially, that's completely fine. But please tweet out people, my show, talk about it on like Instagram and Facebook, tell your friends in real life, shout it from the rooftops, however you want to get people to know about it. And I just want to say with this one, if any of you guys, especially listening this far and you've got social media, please, please, please tweet at Star Wars Explained. Uh, tell them how much you enjoyed this conversation. And, you know, it would really just help me as a content creator and someone who wants to talk to other people involved with Star Wars. So after this, if you did enjoy it, please tweet at Star Wars Explained or contact them on any social media place and just say you really, really enjoyed this conversation with them because genuinely that would mean more to me at this moment than even becoming a Patreon supporter. That's how important this is to me and how amazing this conversation was. And I just want to have more conversations like this where I can. So um, I just want to thank you guys for listening and supporting the show as you always do in any manner that you can. Uh, I love each and every one of you, especially listening all the way up to the end. And uh, yeah, I will talk to you guys next week, likely with my conversation with Rhea. You have just experienced host, creator, everything else of genuine chit-chat, and also the host and creator of Star Wars Comics and Canon, found on the Comics in Motion podcast, Mike Burton.